0: Welcome to the Faith Debate on News Radio 930 WFMD. Thank you so much for spending part of your Sunday morning with us here, whether it's on the AM dial or at 99.9 HD2 or at the. Uh website, WFMD.com, listening to the live stream, or perhaps you're listening to this later, not live at all, but the podcast. You can connect with all those podcasts at WFMD.com, the faith debate page, or you can go to householdoffaithinchrist.com, and you can link to the faith debate and all the social media that I'm involved with and my contact information, all that sort of stuff is there as well. That's householdoffaithinchrist.com. Uh, I am Troy Skinner, joined, uh, as is per usual these days, Imran Raz, Razvi, and uh, his delightful son, Daniel Razvi. I probably should have said that the delightful Raz and his equally delightful Daniel or something. It makes it seem like I'm playing favorites or something. If you've been listening to the show for a little while, and why wouldn't you? We've been talking for the last, uh, um, for the most part, there's been a couple of uh, exceptions, but for the most part, the last couple of months, we've been focusing on the Chicago statements. uh, And we're going to continue that because there were three of them. So... Uh, I'm going to read something here, and then maybe we'll explain why we're doing what we're doing. So the Chicago Statement on Biblical Application. This statement is the third and final in a trilogy of summits sponsored by the International Council on Biblical Inerrancy. So the biblical inerrancy statement came out in 1978, and then the biblical hermeneutic statement came out in 1982. And now the biblical application statement came out in 1986. And these are old by, by you know, today's standards, if it's more than like three days old, it's really old. Why are we talking about this? Back in the 70s and into the 80s, some church leaders uh, in this country, but all around the world, too, were concerned about the direction that the church was going and not taking the Bible seriously and not, not understanding how to interpret the Bible and how to apply the Bible and say, you know what? We need to focus on this and help people understand. And I think it had a positive impact. Uh, at least in certain circles, it did. And here we are all these decades later, and I think we're facing the same problem. People don't take the Bible seriously. They don't know how to interpret it. They have no idea how to properly apply it. And so in the in the spirit of Vince Lombardi, who apparently, the, the, as the folklore legend goes, he would start training camp with the very basics, and he would gather the team around. He would hold up a pigskin and say, gentlemen, this is a football <laughs> And so this is the Faith Debates version of this is a football. So I'm going to read the, um, the articles in order one at a time, the affirmations and denials, and then Imran and, uh, or Raz, I don't know if you prefer Imran yeah, or well, Raz. It doesn't matter. Uh, Daniel, me, Troy, we're going to give you our, our two cents, maybe our four or six cents even. Six cents, that was a movie with Bruce Willis once upon a <laughs> time. So article one deals with the living God. We affirm that the one true and living God is the creator and sustainer of all things. That this God can be known through his revelation of himself in his inerrant written word. This one God exists eternally in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, each of whom is fully God. And this living, acting, speaking God entered into history through the Son, Jesus Christ, to bring salvation to the human race. And that the revealed character and will of God are the foundation of all morality. We deny that the human language of Scripture is inadequate to inform us who God is or what he is like, that the doctrine of the Trinity is a contradiction or is based upon an unacceptable ontology, and that the uh, notion of God should be accommodated to modern thought, which has no place for the concepts of sin and salvation. This seems pretty boilerplate. There's one thing uh, I might uh, make note of, but before I do that, I'm curious if you have anything.
1: Um, Well, we deny that the human language of scripture is inadequate to inform us who God is or what he is like. I know where they're going with that uh, is that, you know, we can get all that we need to know. It's kind of like, it's on a need to know basis, right? Scripture is on a need to know basis. We know all that God wants us to know about him. um, But there are more aspects to God. He's greater than you can put into words. And that's just not, Uh, Something the human can comprehend necessarily but what they're trying to push back against I think is the whole new agey Oh, well, you can't really know anything We're all kind of one with the universe and the God and just whatever is your truth. That's what they're pushing back against And so I I agree with the statement
0: Yeah, I think they're trying to there is a sense in which the fullness of God is incomprehensible right right but that doesn't mean that we can't know who god who is. is exactly uh insofar as he's revealed himself and that's what we have in the word i think yeah so it's we a can combination of things. certainly know, those know things. all
1: that is relevant to know about god that for, for uh t- for our lives um
2: i on think Earth. one of the things is there's no limitation in god god can mm-hmm. communicate with us through any language any means any way he's unlimited so When people say that, oh, the language is not sufficient to have us understand God. No, God will give us whatever we need because even if there is no language, um, just nature the rocks themselves will scream out about God.
0: And if you're not careful, you end up people are going to be, they want to be Christians, let's say, and they want to believe in God, let's say. But they don't trust that the Bible is going to help them get there. So they're going to do like an LSD acid trip to try to get there Mm -hmm. because the word on the written page just isn't adequate. I need some sort of extraterrestrial yeah, kind of experience. experience yes. yeah. Right? Yeah. So I think they're speaking against like that. CEO
1: experience. <laughs> we talked about before. Yeah.
0: One of the things that's interesting, I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent here, but it's interesting the way they phrase this. I don't know if I would have phrased it this way. In the affirmations they talk about the this living, acting, speaking God entered into history through the Son. Okay. Jesus Christ to bring salvation to the human race. It's interesting because I know they're trying to clarify that Jesus Christ is the son. Um, but Jesus Christ isn't eternal. Jesus of Nazareth, you know, he, he, there was no Jesus of Nazareth until there was a Jesus of Nazareth. There was a time when there wasn't a Jesus of Nazareth. I disagree. Jesus is eternal. His human nature is not eternal. His, his divine nature is eternal. And so I'm just—it's just, uh, it's just interesting because Jesus is the name of the of the human uh, character or or whatever that that came to be. Um,
1: but Jesus, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, and He identifies Himself as as I am, as the one who is, who was, and who is, and is, is to come. Yeah. Anyway, I so I, I know I, I'm I nitpicking think, yeah, a little bit, but well, I, you know, I I, I I would not say I think I think that's actually a little bit dangerous to to try to, to separate that from jesus to say that he had a because that's that's what people uh, like jehovah's witnesses want to say that oh
0: he had a start date you know before that there was no jesus right the eternal son doesn't have a start date but jesus of nazareth does until until the holy spirit comes upon mary and he is conceived in her womb there is no jesus of nazareth in our timeline that's how we perceive it but it was he was slain before the foundation of the world Well, yeah, because God is both in and outside of time. We're getting into some some esoteric kind of stuff. But uh, I believe there's there's a dual nature, right? Um, Jesus of Nazareth is both fully God and fully human, but the fully human part is not eternal. So let's go to Article 2 because they actually speak to all these things. Okay. Let me read Article 2. The Savior and His work. We affirm that Jesus Christ is true God, begotten from the Father from all eternity, and also true man, conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. We affirm that the invisible union of full deity with all, with full humanity in the one person of Jesus Christ, is essential for his saving work. That Jesus Christ, through his vicarious suffering, death, and resurrection, is the only Savior and Redeemer of the world. That salvation is by Faith alone in Jesus Christ alone, that Jesus Christ, as revealed in Scripture, is the supreme model of the godly life that is ours in and through him. And now the denials for Article 2. We deny that Scripture warrants any proclamation or offer of salvation except on the basis of the saving work of the crucified and risen Christ. That those who die without Christ can be saved in the life to come. That persons capable of rational choice can be saved without personal faith in the biblical Christ. Um, There's two more we deny that presenting jesus christ as a moral example without reference to his deity and substitutionary atonement does justice to the uh, teaching of scripture and that the uh, the proper understanding of the love and justice of god warrants the hope of universal salvation so those are all the affirmations and denials so yeah they're, they're they're grappling with that point i was making and again i it's it's almost nitpicky and i know that it runs what i said at first runs the risk of uh, right up onto the edge of it's not properly uh, defined and articulated of being heretical. But I also don't want to make, I don't want, personally anyway, I don't want to make the mistake of thinking that the humanity of Christ is eternal. Because humanity is 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 created. You guys are not agreeing? You're, I'm looking at your eyes and I'm not sure if you're agreeing with me.
1: Maybe. I, I don't know if that's that's the way I would explain it. I, I, I know what you're trying to say and I don't think I disagree with what you're trying to say. I think I disagree with your, what you're saying <laughs> If that makes any sense. Uh, I I don't know. I I think it's one of those things like the Trinity itself is difficult to comprehend, three and one at the same time. And then you got Jesus, which is God and man at the same time. That's also difficult to comprehend. So you're trying to make a distinction between the man and the God part. Uh, Yeah, but God is outside time and he predestined all of it to happen. So it would follow that Christ,
0: Jesus Christ, did exist from the foundation of the, of the world. Um, and uh, In the mind of God, I would, I would, I would go that far as to so, say yes. But as a, a, there was an actual human being in existence before the creation? See, that's, that, that's so, the point I'm making.
2: Who was it that visited Abraham and Sarah?
0: Yeah, well, the theophanies, I would go so far as to say probably a Christophany. So the, I think
2: that the Son... Uh, so God the Father was too much for a human to comprehend and that's why God spoke to Moses through a bush and 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 Moses not experienced God mm-hmm. the Father. So any interaction with any of the fathers from before with God would have been the in a human.
1: It was always the son. It was the son.
2: Speaking. So even though he was born many many centuries later, he existed out of time before and he visited with um, his people. So uh, he wrestled with joseph he i mean uh, 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 jacob jacob yeah so jacob <laughs> so he existed and so i would actually uh challenge that to my belief is not that he became alive through mary yes he did but he always listened in, in outside time the difference though
0: and this is where i uh this is boy quite quite the uh didn't expect us to go in this direction but it's interesting so If we talk about a theophany, Theo, God, so God uh, manifesting, appearing, a Christophany, the Christ manifesting, but the Christ is a title. The Christ is not a human being until there is a human being that wears that mantle and carries that title. Why not? Well, why? I mean, I don't don't understand. What do you mean, why not? I'm saying Jesus didn't change. Jesus didn't exist until Mary conceived and gave birth to him.
2: Sure then, then, then how then, was the world created if it wasn't created by the Word of God, who is, who is Christ? No, the Word existed. The
0: Son existed. The Trinity existed. But the human being, Jesus
2: of Nazareth, did not exist. Then who did, again, who did uh, uh, Abraham talk to? He it, talked to a,
0: a manifestation of the Christ.
2: So it wasn't a person. But it, it wasn't, wasn't Jesus. Human. It wasn't human.
0: No, oh, it could have been human, or it could have been, uh, I guess, a spiritual apparition that appeared to be human. In that part, I, I'm not sure that I have a well-formulated thought, but it wasn't Jesus of Nazareth. He wasn't. He hadn't come into existence yet.
2: Again, I think we're back to the same uh, um, challenge we had with the relativity. Um, from our point of view on Earth, it seems the Earth, the sun is rising and falling, whereas it is not.
0: Did Jesus of Nazareth exist before Adam? Yes. It says the Lamb of God before was slain
1: before the foundation of the world. So Jesus died before Adam was born. In the mind of God. It doesn't say in the mind of God there in that passage. It says he was slain
0: before the See, this has, world. See, this has broad philosophical implications, because now we're talking about the eternality of, of humanness. Humankind is eternal.
2: We were made in his image, so
0: we No, were. we weren't made. We already existed eternally in the person of Jesus not Christ we, of Nazareth. Not we. Jesus. It's who is me. the perfect human. He is Israel. He is, he, he is, he is the perfect Adam right? That's what I'm saying. I'm, I, I, again, I'm, I'm splitting a hair, but I think uh, it's, and I'm not sure that uh, I have it exactly uh, thought all the way through, but I am trying to defend the integrity of the idea that there's a separation between human nature and godly nature, that the divine nature is different from the human nature. And Jesus Christ in his divine nature is eternal, but Jesus Christ in his human nature came into existence in time. God is outside of time and inside of time. Right. On and his human nature came years. came into time. That's that's what I'm anyway, that might be I don't know how we would position that as a as as a as a
2: standalone,
0: in, as in a standalone topic, okay. but that might be interesting to to uh, to circle back and, and think about. Mm-hmm. Anyway. We're already halfway through this show. We've only done two. (laughs) All right. The Bible is not that simple, is it? This one might be simpler. I don't know. The Holy Spirit and His work. Article 3. We affirm that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the triune Godhead and that His work is essential for the salvation of sinners. That the true and saving knowledge of God is given by the Spirit of God as He authenticates and illuminates the word of canonical Scripture, of which He is the primary author. We affirm that the Holy Spirit guides, the people of God, giving them wisdom to apply scripture to modern issues in everyday life. We affirm that the church's uh, vitality in worship and fellowship is faithfulness its faithfulness in, um, in confession, its fruitfulness in witness, and its power in mission depend directly on the power of the Holy Spirit. So that's a mouthful for the affirmations. I don't know that I have any issue or, or clarifications or I don't think with that. And the denials regarding the Holy Spirit and his work. We deny that any view that disputes the essential tri-personality of the one God is compatible with the gospel. We deny that any person can say from the heart that Jesus is Lord apart from the Holy Spirit. We deny the Holy Spirit, uh, since the apostolic age, has ever given or does now give new normative revelation to the church. We deny that the name of renewal should be given to any movement in the church that does not involve a deepened sense of God's judgment and mercy in Christ.
1: So that... Third one, or the second. the second one, exactly. we deny that any man, any person can say from the heart that Jesus is Lord apart from the Holy Spirit. That is a reformed statement there. Um, so there will be many believers, I think, who would disagree with that because they, in the, Armin, the Armenian doctrine, is that you you are the one that initiates rather than God. I think a lot of. Um, uh, so, or many people. would. Yeah, maybe. I don't know that we, anybody in this room disagrees with that statement, but I do want to point out that is still a major point of distinction, and I don't know that you are unsaved if you necessarily disagree with that to a certain extent.
2: So um, I, would, I would want to bring something up. So what about um, a devil could say that Jesus is Lord? Is So he's saying that through the Holy Spirit? Or he, he knows that he's I, I, Lord?
1: I think what this, this statement is saying, that when you're saying from the heart that Jesus is Lord, is meaning you want him to be your Lord. Um... And you wouldn't want that unless the Holy Spirit had opened your heart to receive that and and I think You can split hairs with an Arminian too and probably get them to say that the Holy Spirit does all the work Also, Yeah, in
0: my in my experience, you know it's not that monolithic And so uh, yeah. you're gonna definitely run into some Arminian people who are going to say that uh, I made a decision And through that decision God's, you know Sent his Holy Spirit and gave me the gift of faith and that's how I came to so
1: right.
0: uh, To be honest it, it, it um, if we think in terms of timeline, we get ourselves into some trouble sometimes. I think it's more of a logical exercise, like logically what would have to come first, kind of thing. Um, kind of like
1: Jesus being born. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but again, that's, that's again the timeline, and, and it's, it's hard sometimes to, to to think in terms of timeline, and, and especially when we have an eternal God. Yeah. So the. That's all I will say about that. I don't know that we disagree necessarily in this room about that, but I know that there are some brothers that might not quite see or say it the same way. Then the um, the the last the next one, we deny that the Holy Spirit since the apostolic age has ever given or does now give new normative revelation to the church. I guess normative would be the uh, operative word there. I, I, I What they're saying, I think, is that there's and no third testament that applies to all believers that we all need to start obeying. Um, And I would agree with that. I mean, they're saying basically the Book of Mormon is not of God and the Quran is not of God And you know all these so-called Third Testaments, right? Both of those were were, uh, uh, Purported to be the Third Testament Um,
2: Yeah, and and they added the word normative on purpose. Yeah. Yeah, that was very important, right? Um,
1: Because the Holy Spirit does give direction and I would say audible advice and and and
0: commands to many believers
1: throughout history and will continue to
0: do so it can, and then I think it's always wise to then compare that to the normative revelation. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> to see if it's in accord with what he has said before.
2: Always test it
0: with scripture. Uh, I would not necessarily
1: go so far as to say that he will not ever give new normative revelation to the church. Um, well, I, they don't say that, though, do they? I know.
0: I, 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 they, okay. don't, they don't say that.
1: I just would wanted to clarify, but
0: uh, yeah, anyway. yeah. And the last one I think is important, actually, given what's uh, going on this year with the the the. Uh, um, quote-unquote revival with Asbury, mm-hmm. you know, and some people were concerned about how to understand that. And you know, some people are all gung-ho, it's the greatest thing ever. Other people are like, eh, it's a, it's a fraud. And other people are, you know, take a wait-and-see attitude. And I think the people that are a little bit unsure, they look at this and say, you know, is the Holy Spirit really at at play? Is there a movement of the Holy Spirit in the church? If it does not involve a deepened sense of God's judgment and therefore, mercy in Christ, because he forgives us of our sin, the, the need for repentance. And I right. think that uh, th- there, well, there just, wasn't a consistent uh, presentation of that at Asbury. There was some of that. It wasn't consistent. And so it, it confused some people as to how to make sense of that.
2: Well, Asbury was a lot more about prayer. And um, so it not was so kind much of
0: teaching, more yeah. just a prayer meeting.
2: So, so um, was it really a revival? I'm not sure. It, it was prayer. And prayer is good. And it was constant, many hourly long, weekly long prayers. Um, But the teaching and discipleship was not there. So I don't know that it was a revival. um, But if you count, you know, just many, many hours of many, many people praying as a revival, then it was.
0: And I think we have a really hard time as a church trying to define that because we don't really have a doctrine of revival. We haven't, as the church over its 2,000 years now, has not really taken the time to define what are we going to call a revival. So it's, it's not a word that we see in the Bible, uh, and so we can't just turn to Scripture easily and say, oh, revival, right there. So like with Trinity, it's not a word that's in the Bible, but we have well-thought-out, long-argued, and very precise language that helps us to define what we mean by Trinity. Right. We don't have the advantage well, like that with revival.
1: Generally, the church doesn't want to define revival because they don't want to admit they needed to be revived. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So All right. Let's go to Article Church and its mission. Yeah, well, I'm gonna, well we're gonna, this is a long one, but I'll at least try to, you know, get us started. We affirm that the inspiration of the Holy Spirit gives the Bible its canonical authority and that the role of the church was and is to recognize and affirm it, this authority. We affirm that Christ the Lord has established his church on earth and rules it by his word and spirit, that the church is apostolic in uh, as it receives and is established upon the doctrine of the apostles recorded in the scripture and continues to proclaim the apostolic gospel. I'm going to pause there at three and see, is there anything you wanted to say there? And if not, then I'll continue.
1: Well, the I, I, I hesitate to place the apostles on a pedestal. And I think a lot of people do. And I don't know that this statement does, but it, it sort of implies that those apostles were the special ones, and nobody else has anything good to, to say about doctrine. I don't know.
0: Um, I do, put them on a pedestal. Yeah, I mean, only God should be on the pedestal, I suppose. But there is something that's unique and special about the the, the prophets of the, the Old Testament and the, and the twelve in the New Testament, right? There's something that's that's unique about them. Don't I? I, I would think so but you're not sure that you want to say I'm that i'm not sure that i would say that there's anything
1: particularly unique about that, those men they, they were moved by god in certain ways and so are other men today
2: and god god used them and paul was very clear in that, uh, that he didn't want anybody to say i'm of paul i'm of this apostle or that apostle so he wa- he wanted to make sure that it was clear that they are just people that god is using and, and to further his yeah i, I
0: guess okay i, I think i most people certainly, I would hope, would agree with that. I think the difference is that they maybe were used in a particularly special, unique way uh, that makes what they did and what and the I mean, we read their writings to this day in the New Testament um, because they were used in this unique, special way. They're still sinners. Right, they're my, not. are not pastor, godlike. My pastor
1: didn't write a book of the
0: Bible, so clearly there's something <laughs> different between Paul and whatever pastor you're you. He didn't. Well, you better change churches then right? and find a church where your um, pastor did write a book of the Bible. What's <laughs> but but on the on the
1: other hand, apostle to me just means elder or leader in the church, and, and so those men were leaders at the time, and there's other leaders at other times. Yeah,
0: but that's the distinction that often gets made is, you know, apostle capital A, that these New Testament author types, and then apostle lowercase a, which is what we have maybe today, and maybe. that's kind of where the lines usually get, uh, get drawn, But uh, and then there's a lot of arguing over that because we we'll want to say, no, the apostles of today are just like and then it's like, okay, but just like means they're writing scripture today. Like, they're not just like, are they? Uh, so that's part of the...
2: Yeah, I mean, God did choose them for a reason. Right. To show their inadequacies and show that he can use people that didn't, that even falter in the faith and, and do that. And place them in a position of leadership, of, uh, of a position that influenced millions.
0: Uh, just, um... Well, we only have like a little over a a minute or so left, I think, in this show. So I guess we're going to wrap. We've got one, two, three, four, five, looks like six more affirmations in this section. And then at least a half a dozen or almost, I guess, exactly half a dozen denials. So we'll do the, the, the rest of Article 4 on our next show. And uh, if I don't say something silly to get us off on a seven or eight minute tangent, uh, we'll be able to make better progress <laughs> than we made on today's show. I'll mean, um, say the silly thing next time. Yeah. So uh, Imran uh, Raz, Razvi and uh, Daniel Razvi they uh, lead a house church in Thermont and also have a ministry called Conquered by Love. You can find more about ministries, Conquered by Love ministries. Their website is conqueredbylove.org. So I encourage you to check that out. Visit us at the radio station's website, wfmd.com. The the Faith Debate page is there and. And You can also go to my church's website where you can uh, connect with all of the different things we've already talked about. This show, uh, the Razvies and their ministry um, and a whole bunch of other stuff too at householdoffaithinchrist.com. That's householdoffaithinchrist.com. And if you don't know who Jesus is, definitely reach out. But let me tell you, whether or not he pre-existed as Jesus Christ of Nazareth, he is the son of God. And you need to bow the knee. And if that offends you, give me a call, we'll talk about it. Until next time, 167 and a half hours from right now, God bless.